And this is Jonathan Abbott. And this is our last episode. Of I the can't season. believe it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's blown it's by. But we have some great guests uh, at the end. We have Amy Hurix from NYU Langone, and we have Sumidhi Yadev from uh, Catholic Health Services of Long Island. Without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. Thank you, Amy, for coming to talk to us today. You spoke today earlier at the colloquium uh, for the Sloan program. Uh, we really appreciate that, and especially you being um, a graduate here from here as an undergrad and as a Sloanian as well. We really appreciate you taking the time to spend time with us and kind of allow us to learn more about what you do and kind of what things you're working on. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. So I guess the first thing would be kind of who you are, where you come from, uh, in general, I guess that led you to go to Cornell. Undergrad or grad? Should I start at the beginning? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Why not? So I grew up in Buffalo, and I knew about Cornell because it was uh, close by. And I came to human ecology and had a great experience at Cornell. Can't say enough uh, wonderful things about it. And then I got involved in... Um, the policy analysis major and started to do um, health policy and I did a semester in Cornell and Washington and that got me involved in um, the Washington health policy scene, went back, um, did a summer there and then also uh, went after graduation to Washington, did health policy for a couple years and found that I really enjoyed, well while I enjoyed that I loved the health component, but I found the, the policy part to be slow and a little bit frustrating. I, I wanted to have more of a direct impact on healthcare delivery. Volunteered at a hospital, and I really fell in love with the hospital setting. So I decided to go back and get a master's in health administration, came back to Cornell, uh, to the Sloan program, and it was really the best place I could have come to start my health administration career. Um, I had a, a great internship between first and second years at um, Cottage Hospital, which was part of the um, Henry Ford Health System. I had a, a good experience working in a community hospital, but also being part of a larger um, urban health system. And then after that, I got a fellowship, administrative fellowship at NYU Medical Center in New York City. I never expected to be in, in, in New York <laughs> City, but ever since then, I just um, fell in love with the city and can't imagine leaving. And also, I've had a great experience um, and a, a really wonderful career opportunities at NYU. So I've been there ever since. I am in hospital operations. Uh, since my fellowship, I've stayed in hospital administration, and I've had varying um, responsibilities and um, scopes of, of responsibilities. So uh, right now I am responsible for, as VP of operations, the administrative components of medicine, critical care, the emergency department, OBGYN, uh, palliative care, critical care, and I also have support services, so food and nutrition, building services, and um, patient placement and progression and the Comprehensive Transfer Center. Yes, it's a lot of things. <laughs> um, what drew you to healthcare in general? Like why healthcare? 
I think for healthcare, for me, it's being part of something bigger than me. Um, it's really, it, it's, it's all about the patient and it's the patient's family and the work that we do in healthcare has such a ramification throughout, um, throughout the healthcare system. Um, and I, I really like having such a direct impact on, on patients' lives. And even though I'm not a direct care provider, the work that I do supports the healthcare providers. And I think it's, that's what I like about what I do as opposed to working in policy. I see the impact of my work on a daily basis. Um, and I, I find that very rewarding. And I, to know the work that I do has a direct impact on so many people's lives is um, really gives me um, that feeling of, of, like I said, being part of something bigger than, than just myself. Thanks. Yeah, so uh, you were a fellow uh, at NYU, and that, since a lot of our listeners are students, I was hoping you could speak to some of the projects that, that you did right out of uh, graduate school. Well, you're asking me to go back 25 years now. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see, one of my first projects was to create the consent committee uh, because we had no formal process for um, taking care of or working through the consent process and making sure that forms went through um, a vetting process, making sure they were all standardized and streamlined. And that's something that I held on to for probably about 20 years. I finally <laughs> was able to hand that off recently. Um, and we were renovating our, uh, our OB unit at the time, and I got to uh, coordinate that project. That was uh, one of my first projects, too. I, I, I'll always remember, one of, one of the first lessons I learned is that the unit was ready to open and the furniture hadn't been delivered yet. And I thought, <laughs> how could that possibly happen? Wow. And when I was in school, I never would have let something like that happen. But in you know real life, things like that happen. Um, but I, I got a chance to work on a lot of different projects as a fellow, and I tried to... Um, get exposure to, I mean, one of the things I liked about the fellowship is that I got exposure to a lot of different leaders at the hospital, a lot of different leadership styles, um, a lot of different departments in the hospital, and I just uh, really felt it was a great way to jumpstart my career. Yeah. And fast forward to now, you're in charge of a wide array of uh, sort of departments. So have you found that the fellowship really put you in a good position to expand your, your scope of your work and how have you sort of managed that as your career has progressed? I think the fellowship helped me get started um, and it gave me a great foundation, one that I wouldn't have had just coming into a job and I think that if I hadn't had the fellowship I wouldn't have had the opportunity in hospital administration um, that I was given and being in, having the fellowship put me in a position to get the job post-fellowship um, that I did get in hospital administration. Um, so it really set me up for the rest of my career at NYU. And then from there, I just had um, really increasing scope of responsibility. So it did prepare me, and it gave me, you know, set the foundation to give me the opportunities that I did have. The, the To keep 
the consent committee throughout <laughs> almost all of my tenure. You know, I always, I always kind of had to laugh for that. And then I did involve my, I do, I am the preceptor for the administrative fellows now, and to be able to say to them, well, here you can help me with the consent committee. <laughs> um, I always thought that was kind of ironic. Um, but I, I do think that a lot of the things that I, I learned in the fellowship did help set me up, but, um, you know, there's a lot of things that you learned on the job. And the Sloan program also set a great foundation, but it, it's almost impossible to learn everything that you need to learn mm -hmm. to do hospital operations when you're in school. Um, I remember one of the, actually when I was a fellow, one of the assignments I got was to develop a schedule for the nursing assistants and so I pulled out my operations textbook because I knew I had a formula. I saw this. I had a test on it. I, I did really well in this class. And so I said, oh, okay, I'll solve, I'll solve that problem for you. But what I didn't know and what they didn't teach us in school is about the union regulations and that the nursing assistants could only work every other weekend and they could only work this many and they had to take this many vacation dates. So when I put all of that in, there's no way that I could make the schedule given the number of FTEs that we had to work with. Um, so it was an unsolvable problem that we couldn't solve without overtime, which we didn't have a budget for. So that was another thing that I did not learn in school. Um, <laughs> so on the job training really is priceless that the fellowship did, uh, did give me. And what is the project, I guess, so far in your career um, that you've had the most fun at? Or like that you really enjoyed the most? The project that's given me, I think the most, that I've had the most fun with has been creating the patient-centered care department. When I first started at NYU, we didn't have a patient-centered care department. We didn't really do much in terms of patient satisfaction. Uh, at the time, actually, we didn't even measure it. And so when we first decided that we would do the Press-Ganey surveys and start to ask our patients what they thought. Um, I got involved in that. Um, I think I was just coming out of my fellowship at the time. And I would always volunteer to help out in any new project. And so then I became very much involved with the patient satisfaction survey process because at first that's all that we did. We, did, we measured and then we said, okay, now we have to improve. Now that we know what our patients are thinking, um, we have to set up a, an improvement process. And then that then became the patient satisfaction department and patient satisfaction improvement. And then eventually we converted that into um, the patient-centered care department, made it an umbrella, took all of the different pieces of patient-centered care, patient experience, and put that under the umbrella. Um, and I did that for a, a while. And it was very challenging because a lot of the clinicians and staff felt that because we were a very staff and physician-centric organization before this time. Um, and so they, when I introduced, now we're doing patient-centered care and here's the patient-centered care department, the response was, we already do patient-centered care. Um, but we really hadn't been moving towards that patient-centered uh, model. And so when we finally did get that ingrained in the culture, um, and then we actually hired a um, chief of patient experience and then I was out of a job in terms of patient experience because it actually got bigger than me. 
which was fine because I was ready for a change by then. But um, I had been involved with that for, for a number of years. And so I was happy to hand that over and um, be able to devote more time to um, some other things. But I think that was the one of the projects where I've been able to have a lot of fun, have a big challenge, meet the challenge, and be creative. And then for me, it ended. I mean, I'm still involved in patient-centered care in my work, and, and it's now part of our the medical center's vision. And so that's incredibly rewarding that it's now part of the vision, stated as part of the vision. But somebody else, somebody else is in charge of it, so. Yeah. Thank you, Amy, for imparting your knowledge on your, our listeners. Uh, I want to introduce another person to this intermission segment. Yeah, hey guys, I'm Sapin Shah. I've been the blogger for Health Conscious for the past year, and I'll be jumping in for Joe in this next segment with Samita Yadu from Catholic Health Services Long Island. Oh, yeah, thanks, Sapin, for being here. Uh, let's jump into the conversation. Yeah, definitely. Very excited to be here. I've uh, really been blessed with an amazing career path, an expedited career path, and had an opportunity to work with some of the great leaders and had mm -hmm. mentors in my life that uh, kind of led me to my role currently over here. Mm -hmm. yeah. So so going into that, what, what made you want to pursue a health administration degree at Sloan? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I spoke to many people earlier this morning and uh, uh, we were talking earlier today. Um, I actually trained as a physician, as you know, in India, so that was kind of in my DNA. But uh, after completing my medical training, I was kind of in process of figuring out where I wanted to be next. Uh, I did want to take a little bit of a break from uh, from all the medical side of things and just have an opportunity to learn something more, see something beyond. And uh, uh, somehow I got interested in in the processes and the administrative side of things. So I felt I should explore it. And um, a, a friend of mine uh, happened to mention Cornell University uh, has having a great health administration program. I was still in India at that time, so I, I uh, checked Cornell University on Google, and uh, I thought it was a great uh, place, and somehow I thought I belong there and <laughs> I must apply. So I reached out to the executives at that time, uh, sending my resume and asking if uh, they would have a place for someone like me. And their response was, yes, definitely uh, get your stuff in order and uh, uh, complete your application and get back to us. So that's what I did. Um, I was doing a house surgeonship during that year. Um, and do, uh, on the side, I completed all the requirements and um, I was fortunate enough to be selected. And I landed actually uh, right here from India. So this was sort of um, my my place that uh, I, um, I got to see in United States for the first time. So it, it was an amazing experience being here at Cornell. Um, and it really wasn't what I was expecting. My initial thinking was that uh, I'm going to take a little bit of break, th uh, learn a few other things that I might not know. 
but uh, being part of this loan program really changed uh, my thinking and really broadened how I saw the healthcare uh, uh, system overall. M my thinking was very narrow, medical training, treating patients, that's all I knew and understood. And here I had this entire new world that I um, was exposed to and I, I felt the skill set that I was learning and the things that I uh, was learning about uh, made me better equipped to actually have a much bigger impact on healthcare that I could have ever imagined. And um, going through this training process, I did did feel that I had a lot of great skill sets that I learned, and I would be able to use them uh, to bring about that change. So some somewhere during my two years at Sloan, I decided that I didn't want to practice, and I actually wanted to pursue healthcare administration as my passion. And here I am. Yeah, here you are. Uh, so after you completed Sloan, you decided to go to Northwell. What kind of pushed you towards that organization uh, right off the bat? Yeah, so actually um, between Northwell and uh, uh, Sloan graduation, I did a short internship. I really wasn't sure at that time. Mm -hmm. My parents wanted me to uh, be a doctor. I wanted to pursue a different career path. So I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So I took a little bit of a break and did an internship at uh, uh, HIP, which is the health insurance company uh, in downtown Manhattan. They were going through a merger with GHI to become Emblem Health right at that time. So I happened to be fortunate to get that opportunity and see all that transition in front of my eyes. But also growing up in India, I really didn't understand insurance or the payer world because it really doesn't exist. So I was curious to figure out how or what the workings were of an, uh, of an insurance company. Um, uh, so during that time, I, I made up my mind that I did want to pursue administration and I definitely belonged on the provider side and not the payer side. Mm. So this was one of the opportunities that came up and uh, Northwell do, at that time it was called North Shore LIJ Health System and this was health system that was growing and innovative uh, and they were trying to do a lot of things that were untraditional and uh, beyond what normally were being done in healthcare. So I felt that yes, that's a pl place where I could go and bring my skill set and actually be successful while I actually make an impact so that's what moved me towards that role yeah that's really great it seems like the your work in the payer side definitely helped give you some insights as you were moving into hospital administration and I'm actually a little curious uh, when you were at Northwell you, you mean it seems within less than four years you find yourself in a leadership position uh, how did you manage that you know like what did that look like uh, in terms of your career trajectory. Yeah, definitely. So it, it was a really um, interesting career trajectory that I had at Northwell. Started as a planning analyst and uh, it was great stepping stone because I really got to understand what data is, what it can do, how you can use it to make a business case or, or help executives uh, uh, decide what the future might be because it was my job to do market analysis, figure out who the competitors are, what they're doing, Doing and what we should do to be ahead of them every step of the way um, and I was really good at it however what I realized and I hadn't thought of was how much I'm gonna miss the clinical side so uh, I, I was in this role for about two two and a half years and I started to feel 
that I've made biggest mistake of my life <laughs> and my parents were right and this is not what I should have done because I started to crave that patient or physician interaction uh, because uh, I'd done that for uh, you know six uh, six and a half years um, uh, uh, and I really started to miss it so what I did is I realized this is great skill set that I've learned and it's going to be beneficial throughout my career but I must find a way to get back uh, closer to the clinical side. So I reached out to the chief operating officer who was also the chief nursing officer of the hospital um, because I saw parallels. She was a nurse by training and somehow she had transitioned into an executive role and been very successful. So I, I asked her what, what, how did she manage this transition and how was she able to find a place where she was successful? Um, she was kind enough um, to meet with me, understand who I am as a person, and she said, that's me, just talking to you, I don't think this is the role for you. You've got to come to the executive's uh, uh, office and you've got to work with me. I said, that sounds perfect. So she created a role for me in the executive office as a special projects administrator. So it was a customized role for me, um, and I did it for uh, about a year. Uh, where my job was to basically help her and the CEO with any initiative that came to the executive office. And it was wonderful because not only did I get an opportunity to work on wide variety of initiatives, whether it was joint commission, quality, patient experience, uh, strategy, I actually got to be at the table, the executive table, while decisions were being made. So it was very important for my career because I'd already learned the data skill set and how to use it and how to make a case. But now I was at a table where data was being presented and decisions were being made. So I saw what executives needed or what they said yes to or responded or did not respond to. And I uh, was one of those people who got to vote as small as I was in my role. They really took me under their wing and uh, they valued my opinion. If I said, okay, this is what uh, I think should be done, they appreciated that and and things actually moved in that direction, which really made me feel empowered. But the other thing that they did for me was they really acted as my mentors and they um, nominated me for several things that you mentioned earlier, high potential leadership track and Harvard project management, because they saw the potential. So they were, Sumita, go and uh, you must uh, explore this, which was amazing because they gave me that time and commitment and investment. So it was through the high potential leadership track that um, it was a one year program. Uh, I got to meet several executives uh, throughout the organization. And basically I had five job offers by the end of that year. So uh, I, I, I normally would never have gotten those opportunities if I hadn't reached out to the CEO, COO and if she hadn't nominated me um, for, for this program. So through that, uh, uh, this neurosurgery role was the most clinically aligned role. And when that opportunity came, I just knew that this is something that I was craving for and this is what I needed to do. Also, it was an experience that I did not have the operational side and the, um, the management side. So that, that was a learning curve that I wanted, but also a place where I felt I belonged. I got to be part of residency programs and research and actual clinical care protocols that were being made. So it was like heaven for me. Uh, and that's why I flourished in that role and I stayed there for five years. Uh, and uh, department was in a, a terrible situation when I joined, but 
through uh, my relationships and building that trust with physicians. And again, I was able to do that because of my medical training. I was able to relate to these people and understand the administrative challenges and fix them because of my Sloan training. And uh, uh, with those two things aligned, I was able to uh, show a lot of results and everyone started to see that I'm one of those people that can be trusted and gets results. So I started to get a lot of support and I was very successful in my role uh, and I ended up being there for five years until I transitioned to Catholic Health Services uh, about six months ago. Uh, given all that you've done right in your career path, is there anything you that if you had the chance to do differently or do over again, is there anything that you'd change or go back and uh, think about differently? Uh, not in terms of the <laughs> career uh, path itself. Uh, however, uh, you know, everyone goes through challenges and again, you're going to see it as you go through your career paths. Uh, um, the, the higher you get up uh, on your leadership track, uh, the, the more successes you have, you do tend to go uh, move towards the tip of sort of the pyramid in terms of leadership roles and different things and dynamics changes at that point when you're sort of in your junior roles you're hungry and everyone knows that and you're very ambitious and you're putting in a lot of hours doing a lot of things um, uh, to make a lot of people successful and everyone is supporting you but as you move closer to leadership roles uh, those dynamics change uh, so you just have to be a little cautious of um, of who you're going to trust and who you're not going to trust. So one of the things that I learned through my own career path is uh, is not uh, everyone is necessarily a friend or is going to give you the right guidance. Um, so it's really important in your uh, earlier career paths to kind of establish those relationships with mentors and coaches and have people outside of your work environment that you can rely on and bounce ideas off whatever those might be so i did have some of my career challenges uh, and they were more um, political than anything else and again all my experience and skill set that i mentioned were clinical and administrative and leadership nowhere in that skill set did i ever say i'm great politically so obviously that was one of the things that i struggled with because um you know i see things as i see and i'm very honest and i want things to change so i share as i see them but as you get higher and higher up it's all it becomes much more crucial for you to also know what not to say and where not to say it, which I had to learn a little bit uh, harder way. Um, but again, you know, it's a learning curve, so um, no mistake is really wrong as long as you learn from it and you grow better from it. So, you, you know, never let any mistake define you, but definitely use every mistake as an opportunity to learn and be better prepared the next time you uh, have any similar circumstances and make things better for others uh, who are perhaps going to follow in your footsteps. Yeah. So I guess looking back, change gears a little bit, um, if you could tell yourself maybe 10 years ago when, or 11 years ago when you were at Sloan, any advice? What what advice would you give to yourself back then? Yeah, 
I'll, I'll really um, tell myself not to stress as much as I did. <laughs> uh, and again, this is a, a weird phase. We all really don't know what we're doing and where we're trying to go. We're all trying to find answers. For me, it was a little more challenging because I didn't even know if uh, if I wanted to be in this country or did I want to go back. I didn't know if I wanted to be on the administrative side or clinical side. So a little more figuring out uh, needed to be done. Um, but again, you know, things things fall in right place at the right time. If you put in the uh, uh, the work that's needed and if your heart is in the right place. So just uh, just know what you're passionate about because in the long run, that's all that stays with you. Everything else becomes sort of mundane and, and uh, you might lose your focus. But if you know what you're passionate about, it's always going to be your North Star that's going to continue guiding you towards what you need to uh, um, accomplish. And success will, will follow you. So that's what I would tell myself. Um, so I guess a final question is, um, what do you see yourself doing moving forward? Or if you could share any cool, interesting projects that maybe Catholic uh, Health Services are kind of working on um, in the future? Yeah, so uh, again, I'm very new to Catholic Health Services and there's, uh, as uh, you heard this morning from the uh, discussions about HRO, High Reliability Organization, and some people also attended our patient experience uh, presentation the afternoon. So we're focusing a lot on quality, which I'm passionate about, a lot on patient experience, which again, I'm very passionate about. So uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of that work and building service lines because that's one thing that Catholic Health Services has not done. We're a little bit behind on that curve, uh, so uh, so that's my challenge, moving it uh, up and moving it fast. But at a personal level, actually, when I joined this organization, I was very honest uh, um, uh, with, with my boss, uh, who you met, and I mentioned that uh, this is a great role because I can bring in a skill set that I already have and help uh, CHS accomplish what they need to. However, uh, I I mentioned that the role that I really I'm striving for, or my next role, is to uh, to lead a hospital uh, uh, as in uh, in a chief role. Um, so I made that very clear, and he was very receptive and very supportive. So that's why I accepted uh, this role, not just for the role itself, but the career path that it offered beyond. So my hope is in next couple of years, I'm actually going to be in that position, possibly running a hospital, uh, um, and uh, that would be a completely different skill set that I'll have. And I truly believe that uh, I'll be able to bring all my skills, all um, my soft skills and emotions and passion uh, to to make a, a, a huge impact on whatever facility it ends up being and, and um, truly revolutionize healthcare in my own little way. Thank you again, Sumita, for coming down to Ithaca, New York to spend some of your afternoon talking with John and I uh, about some of your insights from Catholic Health Services. It's always great to see such you know, engaged alumni from the Sloan program come back and share some of their experiences. Yeah, thank you, Sapin. Uh, and I wanted to echo your thanks, uh, Sumita, Amy, and the rest of the our guests who came down to speak with us. Without you guys, we couldn't have done this. Um, I also want to thank Sapin, our blogger, and Joe, my partner in crime and co-host. Um, 
this has been a great first season. Yeah, uh, I think we have a lot of great things to look forward to for next year. We're going to have new conversations with people in various industries within healthcare and also in part our experiences from our internships as well. So with that, hope you guys have a great summer. I want to give a big thanks to CornellRadio.com for hosting us. And the Sloan Program in Health Administration for all your support. And most importantly, listeners like you. See See you in in the the fall. fall.